Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone, and a special welcome to the podcast listeners in over 120 different countries. As some of you who are here last week know, we've embarked upon studying one of Ernest Holmes' spiritual principles that doesn't get a lot of press. Specifically, it's the principle of focus. And I want to remind you uh, from a reading that we did last week from Ernest Holmes. This is from the Science of Mind textbook. He said, we should understand the true meaning of concentration. So many different ideas have been promulgated that a great deal of confusion exists. To concentrate means to bring to a center. And in our mental science, it means focusing our mental attention on some definite and desired thought, image, idea, or thing. Now, of course, we're dealing with the idea because our thoughts become things. The spirit of the thing is encapsulated in the thought. This is its essence, its law, and its cause. Concentration of thought is not an effort to compel spirit, but the desire to permit the stream of creative energy to take a definite and particular form. And so you'll remember maybe from last week, we talked about what so often happens is that we end up on just kind of a general trajectory in our life, and we're often not even aware of what we are focusing on, what we're spending the most of our time on. And so this month is an effort, first of all, just to become aware of how powerful the idea of concentration or focusing our efforts on one thing, Uh, but it's also the reminder, I think, to wake up a little bit, to begin paying more attention to what we do think about and where most of our energy does go every day. We're using this number one times bestseller, The One Thing, Gary Keller. And I was reminding myself that the word God doesn't appear anywhere in it. And so some of you might be going, sure, it's a bestseller, but this was on the business section, right? So so why are we working with it in church? And really what I love about it is it's so clearly and in everyday terms explains this power of focus. And in fact, takes it to an extent that probably even Ernest Holmes didn't think that clearly about. So I think you'll enjoy the book uh, for those of you following along. Last week, we talked about this idea of what can stand in the way of our focus and some of the things that, that muddy our focus. Today, I want us to dive right in. I want us to begin focusing on something really important with our life. And I'll, I'll kick that thought off with a joke. So little Johnny's father noticed that Johnny was spending way too much time playing computer games. So in an effort to really motivate him into more productive areas, his father says, you know, when Abraham Lincoln was your age, he had a complete focus on his education. He was studying books even by the light of the fireplace to get ahead. Well, Johnny looked up at his father and said, you know, When Abraham Lincoln was your age, he was focusing on his career. He was the president. (laughs) And so it really does depend upon what's important to us. What we choose to focus on really does grow and expand. And of course, that is the law of focus. What we focus on will improve and will expand. And so what are you focusing on? 
You know, it's a really important question. What are you focusing on? Because my guess is most of us go through life not even paying too much attention to it. You'll remember last week we talked about the infinite in-basket that comes our way. uh, And I want to refresh your mind about that. Just picture your life for so many of us. It's as though we walk around with a personal in-basket outstretched, just waiting for our friends and our families and our jobs and our communities and just about even perfect strangers to put stuff in our inbox. And because we're good citizens, because we're good husbands, because we're good wives, because we're, we're good friends and we're good family members, we go, okay, <laughs> right? Don't we? Don't so often. We take it on and then that becomes a focus of our life. But of course, look at the in-basket. It's got about 10 billion things in it by the time you're my age. How can I focus on all of them? And see, that's the trouble. Spirit is here absolutely to help us. Spirit is here to be a co-creator in our lives, but it's going to go where that focus goes. God isn't going to just make up stuff on its own. It is going to concentrate its efforts on where we put our focus. And if our focus is all over the map, if our focus doesn't have a a definite goal, as Ernest Holmes was saying in that quote, if we can't picture it, if we don't see it, if we're not focusing on it, then all of that creative energy in the universe is just dispersed. It's not that it isn't there. It's not that we can't use it. It's that we haven't provided that lens, that focus, so that it shows up in a way that we can see and that we can use. Well, I'm hoping you're willing to play along with me today. I'm gonna ask you from the get-go if you might be willing to shut your eyes and we'll see what the focus of our thoughts could be. So for right now, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and I'm gonna talk about four or five different areas in your life and I'm gonna ask a question or two about those areas And we'll see if we can bring about either a new focused or an increased focus. The first area in our lives that I'd like to talk about are our relationships. Those areas that are so important to us. And whether it's relationships with our loved ones or a significant other, whether it's relationships that we have with friends or with family, whether it's relationships with uh, the people that we work with, Begin doing a a slight interview process in your own mind of all of your many relationships, and in particular the important ones. Are there any that need attention? Are there any that don't seem as loving or supportive or or co-beneficial as you'd like them to? Now, of course, celebrate the ones that are wonderful. You'll find some in there that are just particularly luscious and lovely. Let's celebrate those. But let's also just notice if one or two of them have their issues and problems. So my question is, if your relationships were fully healed or fully supported, is that the one thing that would make all the difference? If your relationships were were just stunning or completely healed in those areas where healing is needed, would it allow you to move through life with greater ease, 
greater happiness, greater success. Could that be the one thing? Let's move on now to our career. And I use the term career loosely. I know there are people in this room who've had many careers over the years. Some people retired from a traditional career. But think about how it is that your vocation expresses itself in the world and how perhaps you raise money to live on in your support system. Let us think about this idea of a career as also a vocation or a calling, a way that you give back, a way that you're plugged in, a way that, that money and abundance flows to you, all of those different ways we might think of a, a career or a vocation. And then once again, think of some of the high points in it and some of the low points. Are there issues around your career or your, your support system that are flagging, that need some attention, that are causing you issues? Notice that. Notice also those areas that are just going so darn well those areas that are just a delight to work in, whether it's a job or a career, whether it's a stock portfolio or, or some other means of support. Just notice both the good and the bad. And then let us again ask that question. Could this be the one thing? If this area of my life were fully healed or expanded, would it make all the difference? Would it create ease and bliss and joy in the rest of my life as well? Could this be the area that I want to truly focus my intention on? Now let us move on to that spiritual part of our lives, the, the part of us that is always questing to know spirit better to become more like our higher wisdom self, that, that part of us that can, when enlivened and emboldened, see God in everything, that true spiritual nature to yourself. Uh, evaluate your own life for a moment in that context. Are there places that need healing? Are there old ways of thinking about God or spirit or your higher wisdom self that are lacking? Again, bless the sweetness that's there, but also notice if there are places that could use a healing or an enhancement, ways of being that might be closer yet to your higher wisdom self, to that higher power available to all. Let us now turn to your health, your physical well-being. Oh my gosh, so much of our ability to be and to do in the world is based upon how we are physically. Just do a quick scan over your body and over the physical nature of your life. Let us celebrate the ability even just to be here today, that our bodies cooperated so stunningly well that we managed to get dressed and, uh, and, and make it into the center today. What a blessing. But also just notice if there are things about your physical body temple that are not quite the way you would like them to be. Is it perhaps letting you down in some areas? Are there ways that it could be enhanced? Is there within you a desire to have greater strength or greater endurance? So look not only for the, the good that is here, uh, but also areas that you might wish to improve 
about your physical body. And then ask yourself, could this be the one thing? If I were to focus on my physical health above all, would that elevate me in all areas of my life? Would that be the one thing that could simply make easier all of my life? And now let us move on to our last area, which I'll, I'll call personal development. Each of us, I think, is on a path to become our best selves. And, and of course, that has elements of the spiritual, but also elements of education, also elements of us learning more about ourselves and how we can have a bigger impact on the world. I think of it as our, our personal development, that part of us that perhaps wishes to learn a new language or play a new instrument or, or become better at some element of our life. That, that sense of becoming even more authentically you and what that path looks like. So let's celebrate what you've accomplished. Let's celebrate your education and your talents, the things that you've learned about yourself in the world. And let us also notice if there are gaps. Let us also notice if there are areas where we would like to improve or enhance our spiritual development and our educational part of life. Could this be the one thing? Could our personal development be the key to unlocking greater freedom, greater ease, greater clarity? If I improved my personal development, could that be what makes all the difference? All right, time for just a quick review. So we've talked about relationships, career, spiritual nature, our health, and our personal nature. Pause just a moment to see if we can winnow those areas of our lives down to the one thing, the one area of focus that might make the most difference for now doesn't mean you have to stick with this for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean that you won't be able to attend to other areas of your life as well. But for right now, healing or improving what area of your life might make the most difference? Is it your health? Is it your career? Is it your personal development? Is it your relationships? Knowing that you can change your mind, of course, by asking these same questions again in a week or in a year or in a month. Let us make a promise to ourselves that this one area of our life will begin commanding some additional focus. That this important element or avenue of being, that part of us that at least in this moment seems the most important, let us commit some of our resources, some of our time, some of our love, and some of our attention to this one thing. So I invite you to open your eyes, and I could say, well, sermon done. There you have it. <laughs> and that would be a fine way to end the day. Uh, I would, though, like to go even one step further here. So assuming that each one of us has selected an area of our life that could use either a bit of healing or a bit more attention paid to it, 
where you go from there is you can begin generating ideas. You can begin thinking about different ways of improving that part of your life. And I'll, I'll even use an example. When I did this particular exercise for myself earlier in the week, it kind of surprised me in the way I came up with health. And although I think of myself in relative good health, although my chest cold that I'm experiencing today notwithstanding, if you heard me coughing earlier, I think of myself in relatively good health. But what I realized by enhancing my stamina that by enhancing my strength would really perhaps make the most difference in my life personally, at least right for now. And so I began generating some ideas. Is it a, a new eating plan that would bring that about? Is it weight training down at the gym? Is it, uh, you know, what is it? And I came up with, oh gosh, well, well you know me. I, I, sometimes I do these written exercises uh, almost effusively. I think I had like 50 or 60 things on a page. Potential ideas for improving my health. And so then I began asking that same question again. Of this set of 50 things, which one of them, if I gave it a good deal of my focus, would make the difference, would make the most difference. Do you see how we've drilled first down into a general area of our life, then we've generated some possibilities. Oh my gosh, I could go to the gym, I could lose weight, I could uh, do 10,000 steps a day. I mean, I had quite a list. And then I thought to myself, what is the one thing on here that I can do right now that might make the most difference. And I'll, I'll even read you, I'll quote you the question as it comes out of Gary Keller's book. Because he asks the question in a very specific way. He says, what is the one thing I can do such that by doing that one thing, everything else will become easier? And at least for me, the answer was simply to begin recording the things that I eat. Nothing more complicated, nothing more effortful than uh, just having a little notepad uh, by the dining room table. Uh, of course, my partner Daniel is like, what's going on over there as I'm writing down what I'm eating? Uh, but gosh, there have been all kinds of studies that simply say when you eat more mindfully, when you're aware of what you're putting in your body, you're going to make better choices. You'll get great health benefits from that. So that, for now, is the one thing that I'm doing in that one chosen area of my life. Now, a few of you smart people are going to buttonhole me later and say, well, Larry, what about the other billion things? What about that inbox you talked about, right? I can't just quit my job and start counting my calories. <laughs> I can't just ignore everything else and focus in on the one thing. And of course, you're right. Of course, you're absolutely right. But I want to get back to that little promise that I coaxed out of you in the meditation. If we're going to focus on one thing and we recognize that that one thing could make all the difference in our lives, are we committed to spending some dedicated time and resources to it every day? And that's all I'm asking. I'm not saying you have to let go of that whole in-basket, although I would invite you to take a look at it. <laughs> if there are things in there you can weed out and throw away, you do that. But what I am asking is you to heighten your priority for that one thing that could make all the difference. Are you spending at least a little of your time, attention, and your energy every day on that one thing? If when you get up in the morning, you look at your day's schedule, do you say to yourself, oh yeah, from two to three, 
That's when I'm working on the one thing. When you look at your checkbook or, or your online finances and where you've spent your money for the month, do you say to yourself, yeah, that's about right. I spent 10% of my money on that one thing. If when you're looking at your relationships and you're looking at the, the path ahead of taking classes or doing workshops or some of the many things we do around self-enhancement, do a certain percentage of those things, are they in alignment with the one thing? Well, you can see what your homework is, and so I'll launch, I'll launch right into that. So the homework for this week, first of all, you may have already finished the first part, so you've got a leg up. What is the one area of your life where improvement could make the most difference? Is it your health? Is it your love life? Uh, is it your career? Is it some relationships that need healing? So think of those areas. Again, the ones we covered, at least in here, were relationship, career, health, your spiritual component, and personal development. There may be others that call to you, and that's fine. But first of all, this week your homework is make sure you're clear about what area in your life you'd like to focus on in general, and then begin generating those ideas. See if you can come up with 50 different ways of, of improving your relationships, or, or 30 different ways that your career could get a boost, or, or 50 different ways that new income streams could come into your life, or, or what, you know, whatever, that, whatever that area of focus in come up with a whole bunch of different ideas, and then begin again focusing with that question. What is the one thing of this big list, what is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything gets easier? So are we good with our homework this week? I realize this could be a little bit of challenging, right? We're like a train on a track. And it's been, the destination was set some time ago. And what I'm asking you to do is to evaluate if you're still going where you want to go. Have you ever been on the plane when they get on and they say, now I hope everyone's going to Atlanta because that's where the plane's going. And one or two people will be like, oh, holy heck. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm asking you. Some time ago, you set a destination out is it still where you want to go? And if the answer is not entirely, this is our chance to refocus. This is our chance to use the power of spirit itself to find a new focus and to collaborate with spirit for a big change. I'm going to close today with a reading from the book and a prayer. Keep asking these focusing questions. Ask them again and again. They force you to line up tasks in their appropriate order of importance. The power of this approach is that you're setting yourself up to accomplish one task on top of another. When you do the right task first, you also build the right mindset first, the right skill set first, the right relationships first. Powered by these focusing questions, your actions become a natural progression of building one right thing on top of the last right thing. And when this happens, you're in a position to experience true and authentic power. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one joy. There is only this one thing. Of course, it goes by different names according to the different major religions of the world. But, but I will simply call it that one thing today. 
that one thing perhaps called life itself. And I know that I'm part of it. I know that I'm indivisible from it. It is, it is me and I am it. It moves through me. And all of its blessings are for me. There is that co-creative part of me that, that uses spirit, that, that spirit uses also to create this thing that we call life. And as I focus my attention on the life that I desire, as I focus my, my thoughts and my resources and, and all that is authentically me, as I bring them to a focus, God says, oh, that's the thing. That's the one thing. Of course, help is available. Participation will be there. The resources, the money, the uh, collaborations, the people, whatever is necessary when that focus is made, God simply says yes. And we know that spiritual law is what we focus on will increase and expand. And so for this knowledge, I give great thanks. I know that it's true for me. It's true for everyone in this room. This law works for everyone and through everyone according to our focus. And so I give thanks today in knowing that we become ever better at our focus, ever more aware of our focus, and ever more able to use that focus to bring the life of our choosing. I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.